Hello, hello, Tyler Bryden here. I hope everything's going well. Today, talking about something uh, interesting. This is actually from a few years back, but I think is uh, timely considering that Y Combinator's deadline for their applications just closed. There's a thousands of companies who have applied for Y Combinator and now a select few of those are uh, being selected to then interview with the Y Combinator team. And so in this video, I want to talk about uh, our experience, Speak AI, in September 2020, um, having uh, an interview with Y Combinator and Michael Seibel uh, of, uh, of YC. And um, this was, you know, super, um, you know, super scary challenging, nervous experience, I would say almost borderline traumatic, but in a positive way that just expedites and accelerates self-growth. And also that, you know, a couple, I think, disclaimers off this is we did this interview and I'll talk about the actual interview itself. We did not get into YC. We got a nice email from Michael um, after, and I'll share a little bit more about that. Um, also that this is sort of my perspective <laughs> of this experience, of this interview. There were other people there um, besides Michael, one including my CTO. And then uh, if I hadn't blacked out in the moment, um, uh, some amazing people who are obviously part of the YC team and helping select the companies that do um, get accepted. So uh, I have, if you don't know what YC is, uh, I've shared um, you know several videos uh, on them in the past. I'll just pop this up so you can see and you can get the classic inception uh, of tool. So uh, recently I did that Y Combinator winter 2023 application, which I was glad to see. Um, got some good feedback and you know inspired some people to apply and then a couple other pieces here, including uh, a warning letter to founders um, about, uh, you know, the market conditions that have changed. And in part of this, I actually talk about their role in, uh, you know, the, the market environment that has happened in sort of venture capital. Uh, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about that in the video because it's sort of been uh, apparent in my mind recently as uh, I've thought uh, a little bit more about uh, some of the things happening right now. And then I've got, you know, as, as all always a couple of links and resources. So you can see like, you know, they've almost done 4,000, uh, startups, 9,000 founders, 1 trillion in market value and some huge, amazing, successful companies, um, that have come out of YC. And, uh, you know, for, for myself, um, for Vazil, for many people who are building tech companies and young and early in their career. And I say that now as I'm turning 30 and not necessarily that early in my career anymore, that YC is sort of like the gold standard and some Thing that we all aspire to. And so, um, you know, it was a huge moment to uh, successfully apply to get at least the interview with Michael. And I'm, you know, a huge, you know, I'm very grateful for that opportunity, the connection, the questions that he gave us in those 10 minutes, and then uh, the email response that he, he gave after um, about, you know, why they hadn't chose to um, proceed with us. And overall, you know, I've learned so, so much from him. I have a lot of admiration. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's had a ton of success throughout his career. Um, a lot of it con directly connected to Twitch, which then sold to Amazon. And you can find videos on him. I'll link a couple uh, in case you're uh, wanting to check those out. I've also got his LinkedIn. I've got the YC Twitter, and I'll actually drop Michael uh, Twitter in here um, as well too. But uh, I did want to sort of talk about... I, I'm not able to show the actual uh, specific application itself, and maybe one time I'll pull it up and do it. I just want to talk about the actual interview, and I'll say 
uh, for anyone. Again, hopefully what I'm sharing from my experience helps you prepare for yours and maybe gives you a higher chance of success um, than you would have if you hadn't heard this video or watched this video and um, you know maybe some insights that I didn't know as I went into the conversation. And first of all, I guess the first one was is like we didn't actually know we were interviewing with Michael. We had no idea who we were going to be interviewing with for this YC app, you know, for this interview. And uh, it was just like a little bit of a shock right away. I think both that's when I felt that immediately is like, even though it makes sense now in retrospect, we had, when we had done a lot of preparation, talking with um, people who had gone through YC, we did mock interviews, ones that went poorly and then had moved towards actually being pretty good. And we had gotten good feedback on um, it just hadn't really fully crossed our mind explicitly that it was going to be Michael. And so there was a moment of, uh, sort of shock, uh, that came when we realized we were talking directly to him and that this was going to have a huge impact on the success of our application and then generally our life. I think if we had gone into YC, especially at 2020 in the, uh, sort of peak of this frothy market, um, we would have accelerated speak AI in a huge way. And I think our lives would be very different right now. So that's interesting. It's own that there's like a 10 minute microcosm uh, that uh, can actually have a substantial impact on your life. And in my way, in, in, in some cases, I feel that, you know, um, I actually failed in this moment. This was um, a moment of failure for me personally, uh, where I was not convincing enough to believe in myself. And then also obviously the vision um, that we had uh, in the company. And I do recommend if you can, if you are being asked to interview, reach out to as many YC founders as you can and do mock interviews with them. 10 minutes run through, they're going to drill you with hard questions. And that's a huge preparation um, for the actual final interview. Also say uh, that you cannot prepare necessarily for the interview to go <laughs> uh, the way that you want. And at the time, we only had like f almost 400 users who had ever signed up for the system. Now we're almost towards like 7,000. But um, our tech was actually relatively strong early in. And so we thought that that was our huge sort of differentiator and a key part of what we wanted the pitch to be. And so we did these nice little introductions. We punch, punch, punch. And then we said, hey, we'd love to show you a demo of the platform. And immediately he was like, okay, well, let's uh, talk about this first. And so right away we had this plan that sort of fell apart immediately. Uh, uh, and all our sort of, you know, we really thought that once we sort of walked through the product that that would be, you know, a huge part of what we quickly realized. And I think this is a lesson for, you know, anyone in sort of startups or building businesses or whatever it is, is that you should be focusing on the customers and the problem that they have and not necessarily the solution. And that's, I think, a, a constant um, thing that we've dealt with here at Speak AI. And I think just a lot of people who love technology deal with in, in general is we love the technology. We don't necessarily think about the you know, the problem and the solution, which, or sorry, the problem and, and the customer and their, you know, how they interact with it and what's their workflow and what's breaking for them and what makes them not fall asleep at night and the pain that they face. Like those are things that we sometimes forget as we fall in love with the technology and especially in the market where it was, where it was like, if you had this idea for tech and you knew enough people, you could like throw this around, throw around some buzzwords, AI, and then it became NFT, blah, blah, blah and you could get funded and then grow the business. Like those, those were all sort of readily apparent and, uh, and left us, you know, not, not as focused as we should have been. And he, you know, really drilled on us is that, um, you know, first of all, he wanted a very specific example of how our application worked. We sort of talked about how you could say hook into zoom and then transcribe and analyze that call and then the value that was coming out of it. And so that was, you know, we thought we answered a lot of questions relatively succinctly, 
Um, I think our answers at the start were much shorter and more concise, which was a goal and what we had heard over and over again for um, Y Combinator interviews, which is like, try to answer, I'm sorry, try to answer as many questions as possible and, and don't worry about answering them like in super in depth because uh, you want them to be able to ask as many questions as they can get through and give them good responses um, to those. Whereas if you could easily waste, you know, f- two minutes responding to a specific question and then they don't get the answers that they're looking through in this interview. So I think we actually started at high volume, quick, succinct responses right at the start. And then slowly uh, I fell into my own ways uh, in those and started to answer in more detail. And I think uh, you know, and I'll talk about it a little bit more sort of not tension ra- ratcheted up, but uh, confusion or questioning required or answers required. I started to sense that and uh, be a little more, uh, you know, um, just fall out of that plan state and, you know, default back to my own way, which is if you're watching this video, you can see is filled with lots of talking, sometimes talking very quickly and over explaining things that probably don't need that much explaining. So there you go. Uh, the couple of things that you know, and then along with like that specific example, you know, first of all, I felt unconvinced at that moment. And then we sort of talked about, you know, um, he wanted to go deeper into who these customers were. And in a way we at that time, and I would say still don't struggle to sort of articulate exactly who our customers are because of the platform we've built has multiple sort of, um, uh, job titles and use cases that are part of our system, which can be a strength can also be a weakness depending on how you look at it. And so when we describe those customers, and again, you should be able to define this very clearly as clearly as you possibly can. Um, I think that that wasn't as hard hitting as he thought it wasn't as specific and detailed, uh, as he wanted or as what they had seen in patterns of YC companies who had been successful, I knowing their customers, talking them to an ongoing basis and sort of adhering to this mantra of like, make, uh, something people want, talk to your customers, build something that your customers want, something that your customers uh, need. And so, you know, there were other questions that emerged that were very specific to us. And I think Vatsal's as CTO of the company, his sort of feedback or thought was that he was surprised that there weren't more things about sort of the product itself. There was only really one technical question about um, the transcription and how do we do transcription? Do we have an insight into a way to make it speedier or cheaper than others? And I think that spoke to, you know, now reflecting back on it to a saturated market that uh, maybe that he had concerns with. And I'm sure that he knew other um uh, people would have concerns with other investors and everything. And I think overall spoke to this idea that, um, from a high level, he's seeing thousands and thousands of applications and that there were a lot of people interested in the same problem space, maybe not with the exact same solutions as us, but interested in that same problem space. And with that, not enough differentiation, not a big enough moat and a challenge that, uh, could be, um, there. So, uh, you know, uh, well, though I would say Michael is a very, um, calm person, uh, that's when I talked about both is how once we actually got talking while well, I sort of went a little manic and haywire, I actually did feel relatively calm. He induces that feeling, um, uh, you know, it can still be relatively challenging and intense and he really doesn't want to deal with bullshit. He wants very clear answers and, uh, don't, you know, don't try to input any technical jargon or anything like that, that is unnecessary, which, you know, sort of did multiple times that is just going to ratchet up and create more tension, uh, in that call and really end up leading you to most likely not be accepted to YC, uh, and you can be, you know, uh, with so many companies applying, that's a very high likelihood that just a couple 
instances of that could make you them lose trust in you as a, a founder and someone who needs to articulate your product and solution to customers that that might not work out. And uh, I think that's a, a valid concern and uh, something that we've continued to try to get better at. Um, and so make sure that you can explain your product clearly and demonstrate that you're able to articulate this to customers because in the end, especially considering the market environment that we're in, you're going to be able to need to sell to customers and convince them that your product is worthwhile. And a lot of times, the simpler you can do that, the better. So, uh, you know, a couple, there's one thing that I wanted to sort of talk about here, which was a super interesting part. And I would say about mm, three, four, about three quarters, three quarters through the interview, I sort of ended up. I don't know exactly know why talking about a little bit of my sort of personal journey about how I had started speak AI and how some of that had actually come from sort of a mental health perspective and wanting to sort of quantify and analyze the language data that I was creating. Some of it through Evernote, some of it was through audio and video recordings, et cetera, et cetera. And how, you know, at the time I was using Evernote and I wish there had been a system that had automatically analyzed those notes and helped me understand myself better. And the, the thread that I had tie, tried to tie through is that, you know, the system that we're building is capable of helping people for both personal and sort of professional development. And, uh, and then what was revealed in, you know, further questioning is that while we're super interested in sort of this personal analytics part, that really none of our, uh, our revenue had uh, come through that. And all of our revenue had come through more of the sort of Zoom transcribing and analysis and, uh, you know, more customer business uh, oriented solutions using that same platform. And then, you know, what emerged in that was uh, sort of this encouragement from Michael to, and the feedback is basically this encouragement to follow the more personal analytics path because they had heard pitches similar to what we were talking about from the business side, but they had, the way that we were talking about sort of how I used it for personal analytics was quite novel to them and something that they were actually super interested in. And Michael had actually been talking about this on Twitter and stuff publicly about using systems to help understand yourselves better and then improve atomic habits and things like that. And, and then there was, this is where this really sort of interesting conversation came out. And I, I would say like a challenge that then to me is a f- little bit of a foreshadowing in the market environment. And then people sort of um, talking about why Combinator being, um, you know, at least partly responsible for the overvaluation of companies and startups. And basically, you know, the feedback in the final email was that you are, uh, it seems like you're running two companies or you're, you know, you're pitching one thing and you're building another thing. And I believe in that, uh, you know, I believe in that message that he actually gave back. I also believe that, you know, we were trying to build almost like a horizontal pro- you know, product that allowed us to do these two things. And I think at the time, we also didn't understand some of the limitations that we were going to then face moving forward, whether security or compliance or the difficulty of analyzing personal data, all these things. But he sort of encouraged us to follow that path. And I said, hey, I'm, you know, sort of self-funding and bootstrapping this company. And if we didn't have any customers paying us to do this, we would never even be able to develop the technology and solutions to then help maybe more on this personal analytics side. And, you know, I remember at this point, there was a lot of frustration in the call and just this sort of recommendation of, hey, if that's what you want to do, for the personal analytics, then do it. Uh, and don't ma- don't worry about the how much customers you have or how much revenue you have in this moment. Just do it and then move forward and the money will come. And you know, for me, from someone who had, you know, not lived the life that he had lived and, you know, not from Silicon Valley and all this stuff, that was a really sort of, uh, you know, difficult sort of message for me to intake because it was like, you know, to me, I come from a little bit more of like 
you know, I mean, middle-class income. And, uh, you know, I'd gone through a difficult time and I started my own company. And, you know, if I didn't have revenue in that company, then uh, there was no company. And, uh, and then with Speak AI, because of a couple of the ups and downs of COVID and everything, I'd taken out some personally liable loans, which I'm grateful that are now paid back. But, um, you know, there was no other opportunity for me. I didn't have the network. I didn't have the investors. I didn't have that. And, you know, from my understanding, showing uh, traction in terms of revenue and customers was actually um, a valuable thing. And, and, you know, I don't think I'm explicitly saying that Michael is saying, hey, go, uh, you know, don't abandon all your uh, sort of uh, work that is actually producing paying customers. I think he was saying, you know, if you're truly, you know, interested in this vision, build it, people will come, investors will come, and you will then learn and figure out how to build a sustainable uh, business that can get customers. And I, you know, I have skepticism around that. And I think a lot of the companies that have gone this route are probably really struggling right now or just relying on VC money and burning through it. But, uh, you know, I think this was, you know, for me, one of those moments where, I sort of deviated and struggled with the message that Michael gave us in that interview and sort of reflected on it after that, it, you know, if it hadn't been for some of those customers and some of the work that we had done to make sure it worked in a business and team perspective that we wouldn't have even been able to make it to this YC interview, there would be uh, nothing there. So, um, you know, overall, I think this was, I mean, I'm at 16 minutes talking about this right now. It was a, you know, I could talk, you know, on and on about little pieces, uh, that, that came from it, but I think I've hit a couple of the, you know, the pieces here and, you know, this is not an interview of like how to prepare or not like a video on like how to prepare for a YC interview, because first of all, we didn't get in. And so I don't think I'm in the state to make that recommendation. I just wanted to sort of share, my experience and I'll read sort of the final feedback that we uh, got from Michael. And I think uh, that brings then his perspective in after I've sort of given some of my uh, perspective, um, which was the final feedback was this was a tough decision because we really liked how passionate you were about the space and you've gathered good usage and, a re and revenue in a short time. But our major concern is that um, you had multiple use cases that were not clear. I agree with that. Uh, the consumer and B2B use case were so different from one another, it seems like you were running two different companies. I encourage you to choose and double down on the one you are most passionate about. I do think, you know, so that was sort of an email that came from Michael after, um, at the time we had been, after the call, Vatsal and I had reflected and we were actually overall relatively optimistic about being able to adapt to the uh, 10 minute, you know, sort of the path that we were, thought we were going on and then the path we ended up on. We thought that we might get called in for a second conversation. That conversation never came. And then we had received that email. We, you know, responded to it politely uh, and, you know, did not push back too much, even though we had seen people um, then, um, you know, definitely, uh, more attention in that call than I had sort of experienced, even with talking to other investors, Michael had shook in his head, uh, multiple times. Um, part of that was just me at one point he said, you know, Hey, you got, can you explain this to me as if I was your mom? <laughs> you know, so there was definitely signs for us that we had not treaded the same path, although we had actually done some good things. And, you know, with that reflection, I listened back to a reflection of, that Vatsal and I took in after we did the call. And, you know, we had all, we'd both felt we'd answered things as pretty well and as best we could considering, uh, everything. And so, um, you know, definitely it was a deviation of a path, um, that we, you know, didn't necessarily know that we were going to go on. We didn't know if we were going to get that YC application. We had applied multiple times. I think that one was actually one of the quicker, 
um, applications we had put in, but I think our sort of growth trajectory at the time was really good. Uh, I, am interested to know, you know, if you are, first of all, if you're applying and you're having an interview, I'd love to hear a comment or something or send me a message. If I can give any other insight, I would be happy to, you know, considering everything I've shared here, I'm interested to know how, um, you know, is there, um, is there, uh, a change in it. Like there's been some, uh, articles like this, why C why comment are still paranoid. Um, and obviously there's been this sort of letter about, you know, the changing environment. And I've been lucky enough to talk with other people who are, you know, in sort of positions of startup startups up some with good traction, some early, some with a little bit of traction and the challenges of fundraising. And, you know, we know that uh, interest rates are going to continue to expand, that there's a lot of things happening in a macroeconomic environment that, could have an impact on this for several years to come. And although YC is, uh, you know, seeming to uh, honor their increased investment of $500,000, they're, you know, relatively taking smaller cohorts. And I'm guessing that they are sometimes prioritizing other things over uh, maybe um, things that they had prioritized in the past. And so I hope um, I give you some in insights. This was my uh, sort of own perspective of interviewing with Michael. I'm grateful for the experience. It, you know, to me, it was life changing, even though it didn't turn out into us getting into YC. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, I wish, you know, in many ways, I wish that there it, that had happened. And I think that if we had done a couple things differently, that would have been a path that we had gone in and life would have been much differently. But I also think that you know, as much as I sometimes struggle to deal with this, uh, it, life is, you know, sort of what meant to be is meant to be. And I'm glad to have the life that I have now, the beautiful partner, beautiful dog, and still a business that is growing and generating revenue. Uh, well, you know, maybe some other companies that, you know, took that route, um, they over-optimized on VC money, never really truly listened to their customers and built tech. And now that is very difficult to um, execute on, or maybe they raised at a revenue multiple that was absolutely insane that they are not going to be able to hit. And so there's going to be a lot of scrutiny and a lot of chaos uh, as that emerges where we're obviously in a different spot uh, here uh, at Speak AI. So thank you so much for, for checking this out. This has been Tyler Bryden, uh, co-founder of a company called Speak AI. We really look at like language data sets and try to extract insights from them as quickly as possible with little as code as possible. And I think we're doing a pretty good job of that. Lots more left to do, but it's a super interesting space and we're super proud to be uh, a part of it and uh, appreciate you checking this out. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.